and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back to preview game week 33, a double for a cup for a handful of teams in the Premier League. But first, before we get to that, Andy Case, your reaction to the somber news that Sean Dyche has been relieved of his duties in the Premier League. This feels a bit like breaking news, I guess, by the time that we've actually got the, got the pod up. It won't really be breaking news, but we were just ready to click record. And uh, and and yeah, the the I, I guess he is the longest serving manager in the Prem. Must be one of the longest serving in the football league, I'd, I'd assume. Yeah, relieved of his duties after about 14, 15 years at Burnley. Um, feels an odd one, Andy. I guess given that Burnley are you know by no means out of the you know obviously they're in a bit of trouble, but they're not definitely down. Um, he's kept got a good record of keeping them up. Um, and eight games still to go. It feels it feels a bit of a strange one, but uh, but yeah, Sean Dyche, uh, Sean Dyche at Burnley is no more. Something interesting to get used to, I guess. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know if it was 14, 15 years. Did he have like a? Was there a break so it wouldn't have been like consecutive? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe in in between because there was an Eddie Howe for a bit, wasn't there? But um, yeah, uh, still, I think he probably was the longest serving, and and it's weird, it's crazy. Yeah, like just last week, Everton were were favourites to go down over Burnley, and obviously, um, last week results have changed that a bit, and it just seems like a very strange time to do it. Like, how are you going to get someone in to make that much of an impact that quickly, um, even if they are used to getting teams from the northwest out of relegation scraps? Uh, oh, there he is, referring to Big Sam already. Well, I mean, you got to think who else, what, what, what other, what else is their plan at this point? Like, I, I, I just think it's surely we've heard nothing yet, and neither me or Chris, I don't think we've not read any or seen anything to suggest that there's any rumours. But you've got to think they've got someone lined up, otherwise it seems like very odd timing just before a game and just before the, the, you know, this final month running. So, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised. It's not like Burnley were playing, obviously, like well. Their form all season hasn't been good. Recently, hasn't been good. So, like, there's somewhat of a justification, I suppose. But it's very hard for someone to come in now and and get used to the players and 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 have a sudden impact, isn't it? Really. So, yeah, strange one. I guess ultimately, also, it's not like Burnley have got this squad full of superstars that are underperforming. A bit like, I guess, your, you know, your your beloved Man United. This is a, a you know, not a great side with some players that often Dyche has managed to get more out of than possibly he he should be able to. And and all of a sudden, yeah, as you say, it's going to be left up to a new manager to see if they can uh, see if they can steer Burnley to safety. And I think we're going to end up talking a little bit about them later. Obviously, this is uh, this is the game week 33 um, preview. Uh, Burnley are doubling in this game week so I'm sure there'll be a team that that, that we do mention uh, a little bit later on so so yeah I think that's uh definitely you know definitely interesting going forward and gives us a bit of context uh, ahead uh, obviously ahead, ahead of this game week and, and Burnley's running so you know they're going to double later on in the campaign as well so yeah definitely plenty to to talk about but uh, let's let, let's crack on Andy with, uh, with, with the show um as always on our on our previews we'll start by running down the game week fixtures and then we'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points of which there are a few mostly noted uh, around around the teams that played in Europe and there were some excellent European games uh, in midweek uh, we will continue with our kind of game week 30 33 um, focus, I guess, naturally for this game week with, with our players on the radar. We will we'll be running through in a bit more depth uh, those teams that are doubling in this game week. We've got another swimming against the tide that may be a little bit familiar to, uh, to, to regular listeners of the show before we finish, as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is stat. 
Uh, let's start then by Andy by running down those all important game week fixtures. Uh, your deadline is Easter Saturday if you're in the UK, Saturday the 16th of April at 11 o'clock. Uh, and that's because, Andy, obviously I don't have the fixtures in front of me, do I? Obviously I haven't, haven't got them ready. Amateur. It's Spurs Brighton at lunchtime on, on Saturday. Uh, just three three o'clock kickoffs Man United, Norwich, Southampton, Arsenal, and Watford, Brentford. Then on Sunday, we've got two kickoffs at 2.15, Newcastle, Leicester, and West Ham, Burnley, before Tuesday uh, sees a big Northwest derby, Liverpool hosting Man United. On Wednesday, it's a, a big London derby, which has huge ramifications in the top four as well. Chelsea versus Arsenal, uh, Everton versus Leicester, Newcastle versus Palace and Man City versus Brighton, all also on Wednesday. With the final fixture of this game week, Thursday, the 21st of April, currently managerless Burnley versus Southampton. Yeah, that, that is breaking news. We are up to up to the minute there. Um, let's have a quick chat, Andy, about, about talking points. Now, it does feel like we talk about you know, Europe at this stage of the season quite quite often. Obviously, there are you know fewer British or fewer English teams in Europe now um, than, than obviously earlier in the season. But um, there were, obviously, because it's the business end of the season, the matches are all the more important. And I guess it's maybe we're starting to see that that sort of flip a priority for some managers where Europe is all of a sudden more important and you're more likely to end up with them um, putting their best 11s out in European games, particularly sometimes the second legs or, or maybe it's the first if, if you ha- have a bit of a comfortable lead, uh, a little bit like like Liverpool did. Um, but just generally, I mean, we had some excellent games, obviously, you know, the Champions League pitching you know, the best teams in Europe against each other. Um, it rarely disappoints at, the, at this stage of the season. So, so yeah, we, we, had a, we, we, had, uh, we had some more really good games, Chelsea in particular. I know that Man City Atletico will be... Uh, maybe infamous rather than uh, you know, rather than sort of well remembered, uh, but the Liverpool game was pretty good as well, and obviously Le- uh, West Ham and Leicester doing well in their respective competitions as well. Is there anything really from the minutes that that, that players had o- over over these um, over these midweek games that we can glean from the Premier League? I guess for Man City and Liverpool uh, and Chelsea, they've got cup semi-finals this weekend as well before resuming Premier League action either in midweek or in game week 34. Well, I think the pl- pl- plenty to take away, in, in, but in some instances, you can know more about specific players than others. So, for example, with uh, with with Chelsea, we you know the fact they're out now, uh, they've got a decent run in the league towards the end of the season. Uh, from an FPL point of view, that's a really helpful thing because I think we can be more sure on Chelsea players playing in in the league now. Of of course, they do have a cup semi final this weekend, and then eventually a cup final, but that's it. And so, in between, then. Um, yeah, Chelsea are only going to be playing their players in the Premier League, so that's helpful. City, we can also know uh, because lots of injuries, and so you can know about some players to avoid. I don't know if that really necessarily helps as much with the players to go for. I guess there's fewer of them, so that makes it you know, more targeted. But then on the other hand, um, there's going to have to be so much rotation. They still are in all the competitions, Um so, yeah, it makes it difficult to pick City players, but at least it's kind of helpful knowing that's the case. They're still in all those competitions. They have lots of injuries. So basically, the information you've got is at least helpful, even if it's not helpful for picking their players. Um, Liverpool, interestingly, obviously rested um, Salah, Mane and, and Jota. Did they rest all three? Salah and Mane. So... Uh, against Benfica. Yeah, I think I think Jota played didn't he a, a few a few minutes. Um, but yeah, I think he might have picked up a knock. So definitely one one to sort of monitor. I think Klopp mentioned that he 
um, yeah, picks up a bit of a knock, but he expects him to be okay for the weekend. But you know, we know what Klopp can be like sometimes when it, when it comes to knocks and, and whatnot. So, so yeah, and obviously as we've said many times, especially since the signing of Luis Diaz, they've got more options up front now, so they can rotate more. Yeah, yeah. But on Salah Mane, I guess it means that oh, I mean, what well, I suppose when I meant rest, I guess they didn't start is what I meant. And um, so, so yeah, obviously you think that they're likely to start in the in the cup semi final, but even if they do, that they've still got a good chance of starting against United because they won't have had like the three games kind of back to back which is which is helpful um and then and then like Leicester and West Ham both played full strength teams completely understandably because Europe now for both of them Leicester are off the pace they're like ninth in the league so going to struggle to get a European place through their league position so absolutely their focus should rightly be um the, the the conference league you know it's a trophy in and of itself and then the chance to be in the Europa League next season and and similarly for West Ham I mean they are still in with a decent shout like mathematically points wise they, they could make the top four but they're competing between arguably Chelsea but Tottenham Arsenal and Man United and they have like six games left in the league versus three fixtures against arguably easier opponents in the Europa League to one obviously win a trophy and two get in the Champions League next season so absolutely if as Moyes and West Ham will be prioritising prioritising that that competition. Um, so yeah, uh, l- l- lots of information to be gleaned. Different different situations, as I say, for different clubs. But I think on on um, say West Ham and Leicester, when as we're starting to kind of see their well, we know West Ham's first eleven really. So you know th- th- there might be injuries or tiredness which would then influence their picks for for league games which is which is useful information as an FPL manager and Leicester whilst they're having to rotate because of the injuries and and, and difficulties they've had this season you'll know that players like obviously like Madison and um, I guess Tielemans and others are are uh, a first choice and so if they have to be prioritized they will very likely be prioritized in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely worth worth sort of considering. Uh, let's move on, Andy, to have a quick chat, obviously, about this this double game week thirty three. Uh, I think there are doubles for what seven teams, I think, and obviously we've been speaking about it for for the last couple of uh, game week previews. Um, it's still a bigger double to come, obviously, in thirty in thirty six, and there will still be a few uh, some potential smaller doubles. I think thirty five looks like it might have couple of teams 37 is probably going to have a few as well i think um 34 if i didn't already say that so yeah there is there's still some still some decent sized ones uh, to come but obviously 36 is the main one i think 33 would probably be the second biggest double of the season uh or left in this season we also have three teams that blank this game week in aston villa leeds and and wolves um which i guess sort of mitigates it i guess a little um if you're going into this andy bearing in mind that 36 is still a little bit you know, a little bit bigger uh how many kind of double game week players uh should teams be or should managers be trying to get get in and, and i guess it's always that difficult question at what point should we should you be taking hits to bring in double game week players this week um especially considering you know some of the teams that double this week might not double for for the rest of the rest of the year a few do but obviously there's so much rotation Leicester obviously comes to mind with so many fixtures still still to get in um i guess a, a double game week for a player like say a james madison or um, if he was fit a jamie vardy what doesn't necessarily trans, translate into, into into two games does it no, it doesn't. And and that's why there's no simple answer to this question, because it's dependent on so many things like the Leicester example you've just given there. 
on the plus side, they have three double game weeks left this season, but they're going to have loads of rotation and European fixtures um, and they have injuries and, and gaps in their squads. So that that makes it difficult um, for, for, for individual FPL managers. But also the chips you have left is another potentially deciding factor, because, again, to use that Leicester example, if you don't have any chips, then you're less worried maybe about the rotation because they've got so many fixtures that you can bring them in and, and you've got a bit of a safety net there almost in that they may not play all, all of them, but they'll probably play like if you pick the right ones most or some and then therefore won't end up playing less than other um, FPL assets. So whereas on whereas if you if you if you do have a wild card left, your strategy, you're not thinking as longer term, probably you're not you're not worrying right now so much about those 36 and 37 double game weeks because you're prioritizing well who are my most likely players to get points right now in this game week just just short term because then I can wildcard later to prepare for for those other ones so yeah how many doublers you said I mean you can't you can't put a specific number on it and the, yeah all those factors I've just mentioned additionally you know there's also if you're, if you're thinking I want a set number of doublers well don't just pick, as we've we've said with say for example Burnley a lot this season. Don't just pick a double game week player because they're because they're playing two games, right? Like in any given game week, a Harry Kane can outscore a Veghorst despite the fact that Veghorst has got double the amount of minutes, you know. So it's also on player quality and 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 uh, the, the the fixtures they've got as well. I mean, I'm looking at my own team here, and I've, I can see four four doublers. That doesn't feel many. Considering how many teams are on a double this week, yes, okay, I might have you know, a couple of free transfers up my sleeve to to change that. But at the minute, that feels, I mean, yeah, a little a little short. I'm guessing that the um, the you know the number of players in a given FPL team is you know going to be if, if if we say it's usually 12 and where, where your captain essentially plays twice, you can see 17. The, you know, the average being 17, 18 this game week, aren't you? So it feels like. Um, Feels like if you, you know, if you don't have five or six, maybe um, maybe you'd be considering taking a hit. But at the same time, it's it's difficult to to know who. And equally, you know, that, that hit still has to has to return really for you, doesn't it? To for, to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. And especially if you're on hits. But I think because there's a lot of, or at least some people who will have saved their second free hit for this game week. That will push the average up as well, because obviously you're not taking the hits at that point. So the risk of, of bringing them in is is a doubler in is, I guess, lower. You're not losing the minus four. So I could see that average even being like 20, possibly, or, or, or wow, more, really? just maybe upwards of that. Well, because if you're on a free hit, it's a, it's a different, you're probably spreading your money from like a Salah and a Trent who might be tying up a lot of other people's money. Um, and and because you're not worried about losing the value, you so it's um you you can you can probably spread your money more more broadly and 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 yeah aim aim for some of those more like like I guess punts like United players and stuff but that's what we're going to get into yeah absolutely all right well let's uh, let's crack on then with with the radar um we've kind of ranked I mean I guess what we've kind of done over the last two uh, game week preview radars is that we've ranked the, the the teams that double this week in order of I guess their their fixtures from 31 onwards up to 33. But obviously now we're just solely focusing on 33. So we've rejigged the order a little bit, and we kind of feel as though Newcastle ultimately have the best fixtures uh, in this in this double game week, uh, home to Leicester and Crystal Palace. Um, Newcastle have had a bit of a resurgence under Eddie Howe. We've spoken about it a little bit in terms of their 
far better defensive uh, defensive underlying numbers. Um, still conceding some goals, most notably actually from set pieces, which is I guess a little bit of, of a concern. But which other teams concede a lot of goals from set pieces, Andy? Well, that happens to be uh, Leicester and Crystal Palace, who they're playing this game week, and therefore Newcastle's defenders, especially someone like a Dan Byrne or a Fabian Share, who have had plenty of shots in the box uh, recently, they're definitely going to be going to be worth targeting. And you know, I feel like we've we've spoken about share a lot but Dan Byrne has equally good underlying numbers really doesn't he and I guess uh, Matt Target with his creativity potentially as well especially with Ryan Fraser maybe out meaning Target could be on more set pieces uh, there's uh, several options in the Newcastle defence to potentially take advantage of this game week. Yeah, and I think that's definitely the end of the pitch to be looking at. Um, despite Newcastle's improvement, they haven't like created loads, and obviously their goal against Wolves was a was a penalty. Um, so definitely, we, I mean, we said this, we have said this in both of the previous game weeks. Radars actually that that yeah, their their defensive numbers have really improved. That they, they did obviously take a Tonkin off Tottenham, but kind of even with that included, they they they're in the they're in the top half for expected goals conceded. And when you remove that kind of one blip, which maybe maybe that you can't do that and you shouldn't do that because it still does count. But if you remove that, they're like you're talking top two or three even for expected goals um, conceded over over the other matches recently compared to all those all those other teams, even the top ones. So. Uh, and, and yeah, they, they didn't really seem particularly troubled by by Wolves, so they they that won't have added to the stats to the stats much. And yeah, the two home games against against Leicester and Palace. I mean, but both of which are funny teams. They're teams who, um, I guess, have had yeah ups peak ups and downs, peaks and troughs in their form. I guess, which is reflected in their position in the table. They're both about like tenth, eleventh, aren't they? Like right smack bang in the middle. So I guess that. That's sort of evident evidence of that, but the fact that Newcastle at home have been solid as they were against Wolves. Um, so whilst Leicester and Palace have scored goals and not not just over the course of the season, but but recently they've they've both kind of done all right. Y- yeah, that Newcastle have two stabs of that, that. That's the point here, isn't it? Is that they have two chances at a clean sheet, both at home against up and down teams. So I guess they could end up playing both Leicester and Palace on, uh, you know. And, and both Leicester and Palace could end up performing. It could be one of those weeks where they perform. But equally, you know, I suppose chances are that they might, well, they could face them both not play well, or at least one of them not play well. And what what helps not just the general chances of that happening is that their first game against Leicester is obviously off the back of the Conference League. Leicester have travelled. They've had a really intense game. Okay, confidence might be high, but but their squad has been depleted all season. And Rogers has been very open about the fact that it's going to have to be rotation. And then they'll be playing Palace after a presumably intense game against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final as well. So um, kind of both of their fixtures, not only being at home, they'll be playing against teams who've had to travel um, and play, uh, you know, big, important knockout games ju- just before playing New- going to Newcastle. So so lots of things working in in in. in in, in their favour there, and I, and I know you like when you're looking at, at which ones. I know you, you've 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 picked out a kind of little. Uh, you mentioned about the set play um, opportunities there, and and Newcastle have a rather large defender in their ranks, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Dan Burn uh, is was he six foot seven? Is he? He's, I mean, he's a giant. Something like that. It's, it's it's ridiculous, really. Um, but yeah, so him and Share, they're both now four point four million. So there's nothing to choose between them when it comes to it comes to price. Um, they've had a similar number of touches and shots in the box in recent game weeks. Share has had double the attempts of Burn, 
however. Uh, so they've had, I mean, maybe this says a lot about Fabian Sharon and how, uh, how, how much he just loves banking it from outside the area, but they've had the same number of shots in the box, but Chez had double the attempt or double attempts, double of the attempts on goal. So yeah, clearly he's having some 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 you know, creeping forward from defence and having some pot shots from 30, 40 yards potentially. So so yeah, and I think uh, I think Andy, you said before before the game that that Burns got the best xG of uh, Newcastle defenders since Howe came in. So so yeah, I think that uh, I think that. I think shares slightly higher own, so Burn could be a really interesting kind of differential uh, if you're picking between those two. Dubravka, I think we've covered a few more times, but Matt Target is is is, is an interesting one. He is, is considerably more expensive than than, than Share and Burn, uh, but his nine chances created in the last six game weeks, second only to Trent Alexander-Arnold, and with Ryan Fraser potentially out, that means that Target's likely to be on all of uh, Newcastle set pieces, where he tends to just take them from one side at the moment. So yeah, some real potential uh, for him. However, his his underlying numbers, his the quality of chances that he's creating uh, aren't particularly high. I think again because he tends to take sort of you know deep free kicks from from out wide and uh, and corners and stuff like that. But but yeah, an interesting uh, another interesting differential option. Um, but yeah, I think if I was to bring one in this game week, considering I already own Dubravka, I feel like Burn would probably be be the guy for me. Uh, yeah, interested in the, in that in that differential and him kind of you know starting to convert maybe some of his some of his underlying numbers. Um, let's move on, Andy, unless you've got anything more to add on, on, on Newcastle. Let's move on to one of their opponents, uh, Leicester, who we've kind of ranked second here of the, of the double game weekers. Um, they are away. They have two away games. Obviously, one is against Newcastle. The other one against Everton, who uh, Andy and I had the pleasure of seeing beat Man United on telly uh, on Saturday. Um as always with Leicester, it's the James Madison Harvey Barnes conundrum, isn't it? It doesn't feel like at the minute you could really trust any Leicester defenders. They did have some slightly better underlying defensive numbers, um, which I think we we highlighted on the game week 32 preview. Um, but still, I'm not going to invest my money in, in them, especially if a player like James Justin isn't getting loads and loads of minutes. Um, Jamie Vardy's out, which means that Ian Acho and Dakar seem to be rotated and switched in and out. So, uh, so it's difficult to to kind of you know pin your colours to a mask on that on any of those so it has to be that that Barnes Madison um conundrum really doesn't it and I guess at similar prices with fairly similar um underlying numbers although Madison's shots in the box and and things like that are considerably worse than Barnes um it's difficult to 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 really nail down which one and I feel like we tend to be a little bit more divided on this Andy I guess it something that we kind of concluded before um, before we start recording, was that if you aren't going to wildcard after this game week, maybe Madison's your guy. But if you are just kind of looking for a one single game week sort of punt, Barnes maybe feels a bit, a bit safer just because Madison seems to have played a lot more minute, minutes recently. Yeah, well, there's loads of factors that, that feed into that. Yeah, so I guess what we were saying was Madison does get returns, although his, un- he, he, you know, his underlying numbers aren't fantastic. He, he is a great finish. Um, so and and the, the position he plays in at number ten, he means he ends up getting some assists as well. So therefore, if you're um, if you're if you haven't got a wild card and you're just you're picking a Leicester asset that you think will hopefully be in your team for the rest of the season, then you can probably ride out Madison's talents without worrying about the peaks and troughs of when and just thinking, well, he will get, it's very likely he will get a reasonable number of ter- returns for his price between now and the end of the season if he keeps playing in the team, which, you know, fitness and 
and fatigue aside, he he should well do. So um, that that's maybe more so worth that. If you're if you're perhaps wild carding and then you're looking at well, who's going to get me the most points in this specific game week? Well, Harvey Barnes didn't start against PSV, so and 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 Rogers has said that there will be rotation. Now Barnes didn't start in the league last week, but Madison has started both of those legs of the of the Europa Conference League quarterfinal and started in the league last week. He does seem to be a player who's keen to start whenever he can and, and, and is obviously playing well. So maybe he'll stay in the team. But obviously there's a risk there. I think you'd put Barnes's chance of starting that first match at Newcastle higher than Madison's, right? So um, uh, in, in which case then, and then, you know, potentially they could both play against Everton. So if, you know, if you're looking at this double, I'd say Barnes's chances of minutes are, are expected minutes for Barnes, if I had to guess, would be higher than expected minutes for Madison. Um, then when you throw into it that actually, again, this was the argument I made on the radar last week, Barnes's underlying numbers are significantly better than Madison's. Now, neither of them are particularly ripping up any trees, actually, at the moment when it comes to underlying numbers. But Barnes is something like two and a half expected, non-penalty expected goal involvement in the last six, whereas Madison's only like 1.7 or 1.6 or something. And, and, and so now, yeah, he has had three returns in the last three game weeks, Madison, but he's also had like, I think it's four or five in the last 10, four or five returns in his last like 10 matches. So I think there's a bit of like recency bias perhaps coming into some of the decision-making there. And, and ultimately, when you look over the course of the whole season, he's had 16 attacking returns in 32 game weeks. So, you know, one every, one return every other game week, probably that, that seems about right and fair enough for him and probably fair enough for his price. So that again, is just, just speaks to that argument really of if you're looking remaining like nine or ten matches if you include the doubles between now and the end of the season then then you might hope to get like say five maybe six returns um and for his price that that that's probably not awful so yeah like like i say lots of factors what chips that, that come into that barnes v madison thing there i've always trusted barnes a little bit more he, he's more consistently returned when he started for me than, than than madison um and i think he's got chance of more minutes this 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 um this particular game week so you know I've got a wild card so I you know I think I'd be leaning more towards Barnes but then on the other hand perhaps I'm a hypocrite because I was saying to you just before the show wasn't I that, that maybe I'd end up if I'm picking between the two there's a bit of me that regardless of FPL and footballing reasons I might end up just you know papping my pants and leaning towards Madison just as a purely defensive move because I can see his, his I mean I don't know exactly what his ownership is right now his, his ownership's 15 I don't know Barnes is off the top of my head right Madison's is 15 and and and, and he's been the highest transferred in last week and currently at this week as well so so obviously that that's probably co- going to continue to sort of rise yeah Barnes um, is 4% so percent yeah so you can, i can imagine and i've seen plenty of captain armbands on madison at the moment as well so i can imagine madison's expected ownership being a lot higher than barnes is which you know the more um aggressive fpr manager would say well that's a great opportunity to attack the rank but me being me and and listeners will will know the the the, the, the pessimistic fpr manager will go well that that is a potential huge rank hit right boring here. boring andy <laughs> Well, yeah, it's all right when you're not playing for a rank this it season, is, Chris, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Like, like, if you were in the top 50k, I'd, I wonder how uh, different your decision making would be. Mate, I'm barely in the top nine million at this stage, so I won't worry about it too much. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and and yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, I, I, like, I think again, you know, we we differ on our opinion of James Madison. I think in in general, and 
I would definitely be thinking about him this game week. His minutes recently concerns me, and I think that Barnes is is, is definitely more likely to have have more minutes. And because his underlying numbers are good, I think that he tends to his xG t- does tend to be a bit of a of an accumulation still of low quality chances. His finishing isn't brilliant, I don't think, but. I think if he, if he can turn that round or get some returns, you'll be seeing him get double digit returns before. There's no reason why he, why he couldn't do it again. So, so yeah, I think um, I think I would maybe lean towards him uh, this game week. Uh, let's let's move on, Andy. Have have a chat about Man United. This feels like the uh, the, the the wildest double game week uh, possibly that I've that I can remember uh, at Norwich. Okay, away, but away to Norwich City. And then home to Liverpool doesn't get in on paper at least any easier and then more instantly difficult. Um, but as I'm sure you will end up saying, Man United do not have any easy games and they're quite quite com- comfortably uh, likely to underperform against against the weaker teams. Norwich are obviously fighting for, for their lives and did get uh, a win a, a win last weekend. So. So yeah, I mean, what would you even do here? You wouldn't target Man United defenders, I guess. Therefore, you're looking at midfielders and, and forwards. Therefore, you're looking at Bruno and, and Ronaldo, possibly a Sancho. Both of those are incredibly expensive, and this double game week is only half appealing. So, would you bring? You know, would you part with twelve-ish million to bring in either of these players? It's it's difficult. For me to think about Man United assets this week, like as much as you sometimes wrongly uh, slur me with 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 my opinions about Man United players and others being biased biased by my footballing preferences, I I think I like to think when it comes to FPL decisions, I'm I'm pretty good at just like looking at the numbers and being able to like detach myself a little bit from that. However, here I am conscious that my frustrations and with their just level of perform, I mean. You can you can barely call it a a, a a performance against against Everton. There was nothing, and and like just barely could put any passes together. Maguire, like it, it's been screamingly obvious for weeks that there's never been a player really that's needed resting as much as him. He's just like things are bouncing off his ass, bouncing off his heel. Like the, obviously the goal deflected off him, and and that just happens. Like things like that have happened to him so many times this season. He's like out of position, getting. Yeah, like just silly little fouls, and it's just the whole team just look a complete mess. They all look really out of confidence. Obviously, they're getting battered from every angle um, in the media and everything as well. There's 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 loads of talk of disharmony, loads of players out of contract in the summer. So where's their motivation? And and as a fan, it's just so depressing to see your team just like fall apart like that. Like obviously, there's there'll be plenty of people listening to this going, "Oh bloody hell, Man United fan cry me a river." But like whatever situation you're in like you want to watch your team at least try right and it it doesn't doesn't look like there's any confidence or or um ability to like say just run a bit and put a few passes together so so that makes you feel depressed that makes it hard for me to 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 pick man united players um not yeah the form and the confidence being so bad but we kind of do always say that and we've said it about a really bad Burnley team this year that a double double in FPL is is like is FPL gold dust. Frankly, yeah, uh, you, it's not obviously confirmed that there's um that there's a double double for United. But if Chelsea get past Palace in the cup semi final now that they're out of the Champions League, um, 
their fixture, the United Chelsea fixture, will be moved to game week 34, which will give them which will give them that double double. So obviously there's a reasonably likely chance, you know, a better that if you looked at the betting odds, I'm sure a better than 50-50 chance that 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 United will end up with a double double here. Now the fixtures of, of that double double are not great. Um, it's Norwich versus Liverpool here in game week 33, and then 34 would be Arsenal and Chelsea away, um, which is which is not fantastic. Or I think at least Arsenal is away. I'm not 100% sure about Chelsea, but Liverpool's definitely away and in this game week, and Arsenal's definitely away in the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Chelsea would be at home, but but yeah, right. still, I think it's uh, yeah, tough. Like, tough. It's kind. Of, it's one of those where if. You, I think again we said this before we started recording. If 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 United had those four fixtures over four game weeks, you'd be saying avoid, avoid, avoid. Now obviously it's not like that. It's you know off the opportunities for appearance points and whatever. United have a relatively settled side, um, but the upside for United players against Liverpool, Arsenal, and Chelsea is is limited, frankly, and uh, and therefore you're only really looking at that Norwich game, and even then United have under, underperformed against. Weaker, some weaker sides this year. Norwich in particular, they really struggled to break down. I think it was a Ronaldo penalty, was it? Maybe oh, got, it's, got it's funny, yeah, because I had planned. I was gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, um, we'll get into some of the numbers behind, particularly Bruno and Ronaldo. But your reference point in almost throughout the whole season for arguments against Ronaldo is that is that Norwich game. A lot of people, I can't remember what there was. Obviously, a lot of fixtures that game week that weren't great for the team. So I think a lot of people were on Ronaldo that week. Yeah, um, I was. And it, it looked, yeah, and it looked like it wasn't going to go very well, and and they ended up getting a penalty. I think it might have even been like a retake penalty where he like missed the first one, but the keeper was off the line or something as yeah, well. Awesome. Like, um, so yeah, United really played poorly in that game, and that is an example of what you're saying there. How against uh, um, weaker sides like Burnley being another one who we've played badly against twice. Team, team, we we, we just we don't. We don't. We get battered by the big teams, and against the the lower teams, we we can't seem to break them down or 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 create. So yeah, even that Norwich one doesn't particularly sort of fill you with loads of confidence, does it? So yeah, um, or there's so many like negatives around United at the moment. But and here we go. Here are those numbers. We we mentioned it on last week's preview, and and so Bruno and Ronaldo, if they're fit, well, Bruno is a starts. All four of those games in the next two game weeks, if they if it get, if it is four, Bruno starts them all. Uh, you know, injury aside, he starts them all. So there's an upside for you straight away, like nailed on. Um, he is second amongst midfielders in the last six matches for non-penalty expected goal involvement. And I think like in the whole game, he's only really behind. I think it's Kane and the other midfielder ahead of him, Havertz. So. Um, the underlying numbers are, are still there, despite those atrocious performances. The underlying numbers are still there. Now, I, I mean, my eyes, I like to trust the numbers. Again, that's my, my style in FPL. But my eyes are telling me otherwise, right? What what did United create last week or in any games recently, frankly? like it's And Bruno played, you know, the whole time. It, it, it's hard to see. But anyway, I mean, I think that's coming from game week sort of 27 and 26 is a long, long time ago now. Like f- fixtures can be drawn out. So that could be even be as much as like two months ago, right? And, and, and form changes a lot in that time. So like to have numbers over a longer sample size. But, you know, sometimes maybe that can be deceiving as well. And Ronaldo is is joint top equal with Kane. So everyone's buzzing about Harry Kane. And yes, he's in a much more creative like um, Tottenham team and a much, you know, they're ride, riding a wave of confidence, have scored an absolute ton of goals recently. So maybe it's not a fair comparison. But 
the underlying point is Ronaldo is a decent finisher still when he gets the chances and he is joint top. He has the same non-penalty expected goal of involvement amongst forwards in the last six matches as Harry Kane. So, you know, what what you made the point at the start of this this bit about United, it's the money, right? Like, can you invest that much in them? When there's so many neg- much, so much negativity and questions, I find it difficult. But I think over the course of these whole radars in the past three game weeks, including this one, neither you or I have been majorly hot on any of these teams doubling really and so then you know that that maybe that that does sort of lean you towards well if if none of the options seem good we know these two are ultimately like elite players they have scored for Portugal in recent weeks um albeit not not United so maybe if it's going to be anyone you 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 go for the guys with 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 consistent reliable underlying numbers and and ultimately you know highly talented yeah, yeah, I think that, I think that's fair. I think if if I had a straight swap, if I had say Kevin De Bruyne and he's definitely out, then yeah, sure, I'll make that straight swap to Bruno uh, in this game week. I think that I wouldn't personally be tempted by the double double, given how difficult the fixtures are. I think probably if 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 we've seen the odd exception where we would bring in poor players if they're on a double-double, i.e. a Burnley. I think this is the, exemp- the exception where you wouldn't try and take advantage of a double-double. And I think if United were in good form, maybe you would still, even if they had difficult games. But from what I saw on Saturday at lunchtime against Everton on telly, I hadn't watched a lot of United. Um, and I guess, you know, although however much I trust your opinion, I think sometimes it, it, seeing is believing, right? And it, they, it was atrocious. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely do, I don't trust them really against Norwich. I definitely don't trust them against either of those uh, three decent sides. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's a no from me. The doubt, obviously, as as you've just mentioned, Daddy, is there's still good underlying numbers. But, yeah, they could be from, from, from many game weeks ago. Um, we are taking way too long on this. So let's try and whiz through the other four uh, teams uh, who are doubling this game week. Arsenal should be fairly straightforward to go through, Andy. I mean, we've been advocating, advocating for, for game week 31 and 32. Maybe an Arsenal triple up. All of a sudden, they have a lot of injuries. They have had a few questionable results, namely against Crystal Palace. Um, I guess if you've got some Arsenal players, we wouldn't recommend getting rid of them. Um, But if you don't have them, I'm not sure I'd be looking to bring them in in this game week where they do have two away games and one of them is against Chelsea. Yeah, it's a shame because their form before this stretch was was looking all right, wasn't it? People were getting excited about Arsenal, but now, no. I mean, I like Saka. I've always trusted him. Even in the Arsenal teams that were played bad, badly over the last couple of years, he's still got returns. I'll say um, he's w- the exception, maybe. But still, if I didn't own him, I don't think I'd be bringing him in. You'd find it difficult, maybe, wouldn't you? Although I can see his ownership being high. Obviously, when Chris says don't necessarily need to get rid of any if you've got Tierney or who's injured if you've got Lacazette who it's you know there's rumor that he's injured and won't play then then obviously I'd probably be looking to kind of to kind of get those out but um yeah I, I certainly wouldn't be kind of jumping particularly there's been people talking about Arsenal double up with like Ramsdale and a defender or maybe even two defenders Gabriel and White but I just yeah not looking anywhere near that this week. Yeah, no deal, Noel, as Andy sometimes would say. Um, move on to Southampton, who obviously play Arsenal and then are home against a currently manager. Oh, sorry, I think they're away actually against a currently managerless Burnley. Um, same players that we've spoken about before, Andy, really here. Shay Adams still got pretty good underlying uh, attacking numbers and uh, Valentin Liveramento still got pretty good underlying defensive numbers too. And I think all Southampton defenders have had you know decent 
Um, decent numbers of, of attempts uh, on, on goal recently. Decent numbers of, uh, at least the fullbacks have had a lot of touches in the box. So really there is, seems to be some good attacking potential from kind of any Southampton defender, but we're kind of highlighting Livermento because he is the cheapest. Yeah, we are. And actually looking at this, I feel like Southampton, if we're saying we've ordered this in terms of what we prefer, I feel like Southampton should maybe be higher up. I'd, I'd, how I feel about their assets, I'd probably feel more confident than Arsenal and Man United, actually, about, about Southampton. Assets. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd put them above Arsenal. Not sure about Man United, just because Norwich. But Sure. Yeah. But as we've said, all the, yeah, United against Norwich. But um, I think, yeah. For Livramento, only Reguilón and, and not that Reguilón's played as much recently. But when you look at each play, individual player's last six matches, only Reguilón and Trent are higher than Livramento for non-penalty expected goal involvement. So I think that's interesting. And 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 Carvalho has had a lot of touches and shots. And um, yeah, uh, but 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 Livramento that is a is that full half a mil cheaper. So I'd I'd, I'd say it's closer than people have probably realised this season. I liked I've liked Carl Walker Peters. Um, and who's who's the not? It's not Salisu, but the other the French got lad who scored in like the the league or FA Cup. Oh, Perot. Also, Perot, yeah, he's he's also had decent numbers when he's played as well, but obviously doesn't doesn't play as much. So I guess it's that's a lot to probably talk about Arsenal and his coaching and his system probably. But um, you, you know, if everyone's fit, you feel like um, KWP and and Liver are the are the two starters, and Liver is a full half a mil cheaper. So. To probably go with him, and, and and just to round off on on Southampton, yeah, like I said, I don't hate their fixtures. And whilst Chad Adams hasn't had like loads of returns recently, his numbers are st- his online numbers are still decent. Behind only Kane and Ronaldo there amongst forwards for non penalty expected goal involvement in the last six matches. Um, I mean, in fact, if you look at game weeks, because because Ronaldo's missed a few game weeks, he's actually second for behind Kane. So um, yeah, at, at home to Arsenal with with a few injuries there, I mean, you could definitely see Southampton scoring, and then and then at Burnley, yeah, definitely potential. For for, for goals there and 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 so you know if you, I can I've seen some people trying to free up money here and there and and that there could be moves where where a Che Adams um c- comes in um you know as a slightly cheaper option um up front I don't hate it yeah I think that's fair this is their last double game week of the season which I guess is is for, for those long-term planners maybe worth pointing out but at the same time only Arsenal and Liverpool uh, remain for those in the top six uh, and they're both at home for Southampton so yeah maybe possibly possibly better uh, than, than than if they if they were away from home and yes yeah, some, some decent fixtures still to come um, from a team that ultimately can lay uh, can lay some stinkers but uh, often can can surprise as well. Uh, let's move on to managerless Burnley, Andy, uh, West Ham and Southampton in this game week. Uh, same old story really for Burnley. I'm sure there are going to be managers that are getting excited about uh, Veghorst again because Burnley double, similar to possibly getting excited about Chris Wood too. Um, but frankly, uh, there's nothing in Burnley that we could possibly be that excited about. And now they don't even have a manager. I think that makes it even more likely to, uh, that despite their double, we just say avoid, avoid, avoid. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, I think... Well, not the, even I'll... Conor Roberts is getting a shout out this week. Well, he's not. Yeah, I was. Good I mean, start, I was say I that the argument we've been making is even if it's not Connor Roberts, just cheap just Burnley defenders generally is maybe a way to gather some appearance points. And if they happen to fluke a clean sheet, then great. Uh, but even that argument now with Newcastle, um, you know, there's I can't see any situation where I'm bringing in a Burnley defender over a Newcastle defender. So um, yeah, they barely create anything. Their strikers and midfielders therefore aren't going to get returns. Um, yeah, they could get a new manager bounce and and like be amazing but let's like wait and see it. I can't there's absolutely no chance of like relying or expecting that so um 
I think it's just it's just a pass for me from from on burn any Burnley assets this game week. Absolutely, and then our final pass, our final avoid, 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 which has been true, I really think, since uh, since game week thirty one is Brighton. Uh, they're double away at Tottenham, away at Man City. Uh, there's never really any standout assets for Brighton anyway, so we can just uh, we can just park that one and move on. Um, final word, Andy, on, on on Tottenham, I guess. Don't double in this game week, but do have some some really appealing fixtures that I think we highlighted as far back ago as possibly game week twenty nine or game week thirty. Um, feels very obvious, but Harry Kane and, and Human Son are in very, very good form. Kulusevsky too, but to a slightly lesser extent over the most recent game weeks. Um, and obviously Matt Doherty was, but is now out for the season. Um, but if you've got the money, Kane and Son just continue to feel as essential as it's as it's going to get this year, bar, say, Mo Salah earlier in the year. Well, yeah, this harks back to your question earlier about how many doublers. And I'd say don't if you're um, don't just ignore Son and Kane because they're not on a double, right? Like you you might already own them. But if when I'm saying don't ignore them, that also means don't necessarily transfer one of them out for someone else who might have a double. Like, like if I owned Kane and my only move was Kane to Ronaldo, would I be confident that, that Ronaldo's getting more points in this than Kane this week? Absolutely not. So, um you know, last week, what Tottenham had a single game. Son got 21 points. I'd be surprised if there's many um, FPL assets, even with doubles this week, that get more than 21 points. So, um, obviously... It would have been an interesting honey trap had we been doing it, but we're not doing it. Well, yeah, sure. That's, that, that's true. And similarly, if I think Kane got double-digit haul as well. So, you know, they've got a single game week. Yes, but they're at home to Brighton, who are in poor form. I could absolutely see Son and Kane outscoring many of the double game week players. So, um, yeah, it... it it's just to say, don't 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 only focus on 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 those doublers. I guess there's there's other players and Son and Kane particularly with 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 decent fixtures. Absolutely. All right. Well, that might have been the longest radar of the season. Maybe it was the talking points. Who knows? But anyway, let's uh, let's leave it there. And then when we when we return, that we will be swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore Lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So, uh, repeat swimming against the tide. We are swimming against the same tide or maybe a slightly different one, but it's got the same shape. Shouldn't have gone down this rabbit hole. James Madison most transferred in once again. Um, I think, uh, yeah, long-time listeners, even recent listeners to the show will be relatively aware of uh, James Madison being a slight divide in the FPL lounge. I think I'm a considerably more pro than uh, than Andy is. But I think given some of the discussions we've already had, Andy, about his potential minutes and the fact that Leicester have a lot of fixture congestion and the fact that um, he does seem to have played a, a lot more minutes than, say, a Harvey Barnes, who is considerably cheaper recently. Um, Madison's underlying numbers also contribute to the fact that him being the most transferred in for this game week is a little bit of a head scratcher. It, it is for me. Um, obviously, obviously uh, as you've said, I'm not necessarily his biggest fan in, in terms of FPL, but um, I, I just think there's... Lo- a lot of what we said about Madison was said in the, on the radar, right? So we can't know why these managers are bringing him in. If lots of these transfers in, I suppose, are thinking to the longer term, then I don't hate it as much. Um, but 
I guess we're swimming against the tide of him being transferred in so heavily this game week because for, for a lot of reasons, those general underlying numbers reasons, as I've said, I, I personally don't think those those his output is sustainable as everyone makes out. Yes, he's had three attacking returns in the last three game weeks, one in each, which always makes it like feel good uh, rather than just like three in one. But um, ultimately, yeah, he, he's only had like one or two in the, the sort of seven or eight preceding that. So it's recency bias for me, and then uh, which is which is kind of making kind of I guess I'm going to say lazy FPL managers who just look at the most recent form and pick their players. Um, it, it's making them transfer him in, and the, you know added to the fact he's got a double this game week. Um, and then when so then when you combine all of that with the minutes problem, which you just mentioned again, and which we highlighted on the radar, you know there's a very strong possibility that Madison doesn't start this first game. Um, it really decreases the the appeal. I mean, I suppose even if it was a single game week against Everton for Madison, that's a pretty appealing proposition because obviously they look poor at the moment as well. So, you know, it's not the strongest, I guess, swing against tide I've ever felt. Um, and also, you know, I, we could end up looking at collective responsibility here in this in this FPL lounge cabinet. But um, we we could end up looking, um, looking daft um, by doubling down on our stubbornness of... of, of of swimming against Madison two weeks in a row, but history just te- history tells you that even if it's not this week where his uh, re- attacking returns end, uh, it, it, it is going to like it's not it's not um, consistently su- sustainable, and, and so um, yeah, that's why I'm happy to swim against it. I guess the final my final thing on it would be that, that concerns me with with swimming against this and looking and looking a bit daft is. Um, that as we mentioned with Bruno and Ronaldo, when you're looking around, I suppose there aren't loads of options that like stand out this game week. So there is an argument of, well, if it's going to be like for me, for example, right, my personal situation, I could probably get to Bruno with a hit. I could get to, or I could get to Madison without a hit. And so, you know, I could understand an argument. Well, where like Bruno's got to score more than four points more than Madison for that to be worth it for me this game week. And so, do I think that's going to happen? Yeah, I'm re- really not convinced. So I guess that's that's the the a bit of a what's the word like muted weak uh, argument for swimming against the tide. There, obviously, you can tell we don't we don't feel like completely convinced, but we're we're going to go for it. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think yeah, I mean, we did touch on so much of it already on the radar, but yeah, I mean James Madison is last six. Six, uh, six, six games hasn't had a single shot in the box. Now, yeah, I think Andy said it earlier. His long shooting is probably one of the best in the in the league, but you can't really rely on it over and over again. His creativity's been been, I think, probably better than than, than Harvey Barnes. I think he has, seems to have created more big chances, although uh, the you know, the amount of chances he's created doesn't always translate in, into XA. But but yeah, it's. Uh, I just think for him to be the most transferred in, it's, it that feels like there are there are there are better players to be targeting, um, and even with less the amount of fixtures that Leicester have left, um, how many he's going to be involved in, particularly as we said earlier, with Leicester should be prioritising the Europa Conference League going forward, um, and maybe not playing their best players in 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 the league games that that clash. Uh, yeah, it feels like uh, feels like there are other other better options this week and possibly going forward too. Uh, let's round off Andy with captaincy, um, and I guess usually we would be looking at our double game week players uh, for good captaincy options, but given United have that Norwich Liverpool double, um, and they're really the only kind of teams with premium assets that are doubling. 
Uh, Kane and Son against Brighton feel better, doesn't it? Is it wrong for it to feel better? Well, there's a question. We'll save that, save that for the King podcast later in there <laughs> oh, in the summer. <laughs> oh my word! Things you never. I mean, we've we've explored some tangents on this podcast, but but that is one I never thought expected to hear mentioned in the FPL lounge. Yeah, anyway, well, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the FPL dungeon. I think that'll be that. Before, <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it. I don't think it is. It does. It, it should feel wrong because um, it's one of those games where, where, where as we've mentioned, it's it's really hard because there's no for me. There's like nothing really jumping out at me in loads of like players or teams that I'm kind of loving as options necessarily. There's lots of like pros and cons all over the place. So I think it's one of those game weeks where any premium player you own, you have to be thinking about for captaincy because otherwise why 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 are you spending that much money on them, right? And that and therefore, as we just mentioned at the end of the radar with Kane and Son, they probably have as good a chance as being the highest scoring player as anyone in this game week, despite the fact it's only a single, because the fact that Tottenham are creating loads of chances, they're scoring plenty of goals, they're both in form, high in confidence, they're playing a team in really bad form at home. Um yeah, I, I, th- if, I think if you've got either of them in your team, then yeah, it's it's probably it is probably a best shout. I suppose the comparison would be someone who isn't appearing in our notes here on the captaincy, Mo Salah, um, also is a premium player. Well, like that could be a bit of an oversight, I guess. Maybe. I mean, I, th- I think there will be people captaining Mo Salah. I mean, he scored, I think, twice against United in the reverse fixture when, you know, get more, obviously absolutely atrocious. One of Ollie's last games, I think. Um, like, I don't know how to word it, but more than a damp squib, like even worse than a damp squib against, against Liverpool at, at home. Um, and so, yeah, Salah um, could, you know, could definitely see goals for Salah against United, absolutely no doubt. Um, but but obviously, the even still, you'd say it's a it's a more attractive fixture for Kane and Son against against Brighton. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Any any premium players and Son now does for me, you know, well on his form, absolutely falls into that premium bracket. And his price now, he's nudged over eleven mil. So, yeah, if you're going to invest that much in him, you've probably got to be thinking about sticking the armband. Which one, if you own both? Are we, are we just going to repeat ourselves here and just say, oh, Kane's on penalties, Son gets an extra point for a goal, therefore it's hard to put anything between them? There is a bit of that, yes, repeat that. So that's also still true. But but I think, I mean, I've always lent towards Son for a lot of that reason. But also I think, you know, he does, Kane is seeming to bring the two wingers in, into the game a, a bit in, re- in recent matches. Obviously a hat-trick for Son in, in the last game week. So... Um, I feel like I'd lean towards Son. Um, I think, I mean, I read somewhere that I can't, I, I, this might not be true, so I probably shouldn't say it because I can't remember exactly what I read, but I think I read that Son's like returns generally are better against teams that play with a back three than a, than a back two. I, I wonder tactically, I'm trying to think off the top of my head tactically, how would that help with like, against a three would Kane be more occupied by the centre-backs maybe and so then therefore he plays a bit more as a pivot and tries to get the runners like Son and Kulisewski round the centre-backs maybe that's the thinking there so if, if that is true I'd say to people listening re- google something like that check it out first I haven't completely butchered the analysis that it was actually the other way around but maybe that if it is true would maybe lean towards Son as well 
Is there anyone else, Andy, for us to maybe think about in terms of the armband this week? I, uh, if you don't own Kane or Son for some reason, and looking back at the radar, try and get them in somehow. Um, is the Newcastle defender the worst idea we've ever had? Well, probably not ever had. Like I think I think we've mentioned Burnley defenders before when they've had a double. Newcastle are in way better form and are a way better team at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. Well, maybe we should maybe we should do this before the show. But I think interesting would be to compare the probability of at least one Newcastle clean sheet versus like a goal for Bruno Ronaldo. Let's say, right? Mm. Um, I imagine that if you look, if you use the odds for those percentages, the odds would be over-egging, in my opinion, Bruno and Ronaldo's chances of scoring. So maybe I think actually probably Bruno, if you look just purely at bookies odds, Bruno's and Ronaldo's mm-hmm. anytime goal scorer chances in those two games combined would probably end up being higher than Newcastle's clean sheet one. But I, yeah, for me, if I went on my own personal like thoughts about it, I imagine it would be a lot closer. So I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a terrible shout at all. Yeah, I think that makes sense. As we always do say, though, I guess the, the putting your armband on, on defensive option, ma- mainly because of clean sheets. Obviously, you, know, you can only get one clean sheet, whereas you can get multiple attacking returns. And you know, if Norwich if Norwich collapse, um, then yeah, you know, you can see some penalties and 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 some goals for United. But that is a big more that is a big if Norwich collapse rather than uh, if Man United play really well, because I can definitely see more of the former than the latter. Uh, let's leave it there then, Andy. Let's uh, let's finish as we always do with Who the Heck is Stat? For those that don't know, Who the Heck is Stat is a game Andy and I like to play where we take it in turns each game week uh, to pick a player from the FPL universe and the other person has to guess who it is. They have to be owned by at least 5% of managers and they get five clues. If they get it after the first clue, they get five points. After the second clue, four points and so on and so forth. Every time they hear a new clue, they have two minutes to make a guess and they get to stick or twist with their previous guess so we don't reveal the answer to the end so you can play along wherever you are listening to the FPL Lounge podcast. Uh, I think I just got one point last week. It's feeling like it's a seven-point deficit. Andy can extend it now. It's feeling like the the, the crown is going back, back to back to Cambridgeshire. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's not over till it's over. So let's see what I can pull out of the bag for you this week. We'll see what you can pull out of the bag in terms of uh, in terms of your your guessing. We're, because it's a bank holiday, we were recording at a relatively reasonable time, so no excuses here. But he's had yeah, a busy no. week. He's had a busy week, and haven't you missed the case? I have had a busy week, yes, yeah. and, and actually, I suppose we what we what we forgot to say right at the top of the show. So if you made it this far, you're you're probably not too bothered. So thanks for that. But uh, uh, we obviously we've completely missed the review show this week, um, as as you'll know, Chris and I are both both do this completely for free in our own time. This show um, all season, and so we we we, we do our best, but. Um, yeah, obviously both both of our jobs sometimes um, there's 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 things that are out of our control in terms of the workload and the timetable of stuff. So we've we've both just been completely consumed this week, and unfortunately, it's meant that we've 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 completely missed missed the uh, missed the review. So we're we're going into this um, yeah into this preview uh, at uh, w- without having done that, but but at a more reasonable time when we when we've been able to recoup from the from the busy weeks we've we've had. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Andy, big work conference for me. It's been moving house. There's so much, so much going on, so much going on, but still plenty enough time to do the preview, which is obviously the, you know, the important one for you to get get your transfers in. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's round off with who the heck is that, and I'll start with clue one. It is this player's third FPL season, and their 5.2% ownership makes them barely eligible for who the heck is that? Who the heck is that? Sorry, say that again. 
so that is this player's third FPL season and their 5.2% ownership makes them barely eligible for who the heck is that? Oof, not a lot of information there. Barely owned and third season. Okay. Well, not barely owned, he's owned by 5.2%. But you know, Okay, so only, one only in just... 20 FPL managers own him. So only barely just, owned. Only just over the threshold. Yeah. Um, I'll take that as barely, thanks. So Harvey Barnes came to mind, but I think you said earlier it was less than 5%. Um, third, someone we've not had would be, I think it probably would be about third season. Um, okay, so I'm going through, I'm going through here. I can't go through the fixtures. I'm just going through a list of teams. Arsenal. Saka would be higher owned than that. Smith Rowe, maybe. Martinelli, maybe. Okay, so their options. Um, Villa could be like a Mings, but I mean, they're on a blank this week, but I suppose, you know, there could still be people with them on the bench or whatever. Brentford, mm, unlikely to be a third season for anyone. Brighton, uh, don't know. Burnley, don't know. Chelsea, (laughs) who can I... It, it, this is so difficult because it's like you're just going through every team in the league thinking of any player whose third season it could be. When they're so low owned as well, it's not someone who's really going to be have been being thought about. So let okay, let's just um let's just pick one of Smith Rowe and Martinelli. Let's say Smith Rowe. Okay, no problem. Clue two then. Despite being fairly low owned, this player is in the top 10 highest scoring players at his position this season, although he has not yet broken the 100 point mark. Who the heck is Stat? So it's possibly a goalkeeper then. Um, Hasn't broke 100 points, but top 10 scoring in his position. Obviously, goalkeepers tend to be the the lower scoring. So would that maybe be like a Sanchez? Um, I thought he'd have... I'd have thought he'd have maybe been higher than 5% owned, though. Um, third season. I wonder how many seasons Gwaita's had. Um, he, he, that You know, they, they've had a few clean sheets, so he could maybe be in the top 10%. Because say it's certainly making me think goalkeeper, but I suppose it, it may not be. Um, I, d- I doubt it's a midfielder now because there's lots, plenty of high, high-scoring midfielders. So it could be a forward. Obviously, there hasn't been loads of highly owned forwards this season. So I guess maybe someone like a mm, Josh King. Um, but would he be top ten? Maybe. <sighs> yeah, this there's this is wide open still. I think there's a lot of options. Could it be like even like a Pookie, maybe? Third season? Maybe not third season for him. Um, okay. I feel like Sanchez has probably got to be higher owned than... Got 30 seconds. 5%. So I'm going to say, a bit randomly, Guaita. Guaita. Okay, interesting. Uh, clue three then. Uh, this player is his team's most expensive player. And second highest point scorer. Who the heck is Stats? Well, it's not Guaita then. It's not Smith Rowe or um, whoever else I said. the Most expensive player for a team. So that could be like a Josh King then. 
feel like he'd have had more than three seasons, though. He must have had, like, at least a couple at Bournemouth. I suppose then that would make this his third, but I just think he must have had more. Um, most expensive player for a team isn't going to be a goalkeeper, so then, therefore, that does lead me back towards forwards. I think midfielder, if a midfielder was in the top 10 points scoring, he'd be higher than 5% owned, I would have thought. I mean, you can't be sure. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't thought about defenders, but again, I, I think a forward is more likely to be a team's most expensive player. So let's go forwards, which Josh King falls in that category. Um, who else at a team? Um, City is not going to be. Liverpool is not going to be because there's a cost. Vardy, they're not going to be third season. Leeds, no, Everton, DCL or Richarlison. I don't know if Richarlison's categorised as a forward or midfielder, though. Um, it also wouldn't... Well, Richarlison, I guess, could be second highest point scorer. Um, and I guess Josh Josh King could oh, be for what Josh King could be for Watford because it'd be like Dennis would be would be most, but maybe Foster would be ahead of of King. Um, okay, I think I will just go with Josh King then. Sure. Twice. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Clue four then. Despite their wildly differing ownership, this forward has scored only one goal fewer than Mikel Antonio this season. Who the heck is that? I, I, yeah, no idea. This clue feels mean now that you'd already decided it was a forward, and that was the point of this clue was narrowing the position no. down. Did you even say it was a forward in this clue? Though I don't think you did. Did you just say? Yeah, this goal? this forward has All scored right. only one goal fewer than Mikel Antonio this season. I haven't got any real. I don't know how many Antonio's got really. I mean, so, so I'll, I'll give you that. He's got eight. So this player's right. got seven. Seven goals. I mean, Josh King could have seven goals. I haven't really got any extra information to work with here. Um, so, I mean, I could go back through. I was trying to think through teams where players would be just over 5% owned and also being the most expensive in their team. That's that's the thing. Because like with Southampton, it could be like, I guess, Shea Adams. But I think it would... I could see Shea Adams being the most expensive player at Southampton. But I would have thought... He's more than five percent owned. Um, it's not. It's not going to be Kane at Spurs. So I guess I've ruled a few out. I mean, I guess a Wolves player could it be someone like Jimenez's third season? I guess it could. Um, would he be the most expensive? I guess he probably would. Five um, percent, maybe he might have because he had a bit of a peak in ownership a couple of weeks ago when they had a double or whatever, but obviously he's on a blank oh, exactly. this he's on a blank this week. Um so I'd need five percent oh seven goals though. I'm not well he's, I think he's got about five or six Jimenez, so I guess he could be in that. But at the moment I'm gonna have to just stick with with Josh King, I think. Yeah, you sure? Stick Yeah, because it could be Jimenez, but I, I can't lose the um the because it could equally still be King, so it's not worth losing the Fine. All right point. then Clue five, final clue. We could be seeing this player at the World Cup, but he still has to navigate a few playoffs to get there. Who the heck is that? Uh, 
right, okay, so it's not Josh King because he plays for Norway. It's not Jimenez because Mexico are already there. Um, a few playoffs. I mean, there's lots of teams in, in playoffs. Um, Wales, Scotland, um, Ukraine. Who else? I'm trying to think of those. There's Australia. I mean, I guess, I guess the only player that I can think of of any of those countries, which obviously I mentioned, Jay Adams, 5.2%. I would have thought he'd be higher owned than that. Could be, could be Southampton's most expensive player. So at least it ticks that. Third season. Yeah, roughly. I guess. Could be about third season. That sounds about right. Um, seven goals. Um, yeah, I'd have maybe I'd have put it higher. Actually, I'd have thought, but then I guess not many forwards have scored, so he could still be in the top ten. Like you say, Antonio's only had eight. Um, well, I know it's definitely not Josh King. And at this point, I can't think of any other from those countries that have got playoffs. I can't remember who the South America, I think it was Peru or something, the South American one. 30 seconds. Australia and like UAE or something. So it was not a Wales forward. It could be Dan James, I suppose. Um, he wouldn't be most expensive player at his club, I don't think, though. So, yeah, we'll go with... We'll go with Jay Adams, I think. Jay Adams, final answer. Yeah. Final One answer. point for Andy Case. Jay Adams, it is, yeah, 5.2% ownership, I'm afraid. Yeah, that uh, really threw me. Because I, I I looked, going along my list of teams, I just, I, I thought about Jay Adams before I said him in whatever clue I said him in before or whatever. But I just dismissed it because I thought it must be more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the most expensive player. I think we had a similar clue last week. I think I had it for Ivan Tony, or maybe it would have been two weeks ago. Because yeah, like for, if if you're a sort of poor middling team, then yeah, your forwards will be your most expensive player, basically. So yeah, I kind of mm -hmm. found that interesting. But second highest point scorer, obviously behind Ward Prowse, um, under 100 points, he's got 96 so far this year, seven goals, four assists, and yeah, his third third season. Um, so yeah, interesting. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes me it makes me think uh, when you know what we were saying about Chadams and in, in, on the radar, not hating Southampton's fixtures and and not hating his underlying numbers. He makes me a little bit more like attracted towards getting him in as a as an option there. Really, that's a that's a, a good little differential one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't realise how much of a differential he was, but but yeah, with those underlying numbers and some of the fixtures that Southampton got, it definitely feels like he should, he should be targeted. But yeah, I think I'm going to wait for wait for the Lacazette team news before I make any any big uh, big uh, big transfers this week, particularly in my forward line. But yeah, I think Adams will be top of the list if if Lacazette is out. Uh, let's leave it there then, Andy. Uh, but if um if if all of our loyal listeners have any questions about how to navigate this double game week and maybe the rest of the season too. How can they get in touch? Well, they can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And yes, we are, our listeners are keeping us, keeping us right. Crit criticism over my, over my Ronaldo shout um, last, last week, but you know, Chris very magnanimously 
said it didn't make any difference so yeah it's it's good to it's good to hear off people though and yeah if you've if you've got any more uh errors to point out uh or, or just um you know general bants and praise are up for that as well uh yeah do let us know at fpl underscore lounge that particular listener is about to be the uh the fpl lounge derby colchester versus exeter huge game in 57 minutes time that kicks off in just i'll just have about enough to have enough time to edit this and uh and get my eye follow done. So here we go. Here we go. But yeah, also do remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Andy and I are all grateful for all feedback, even if it is uh, slagging off Andy's who the heck is stat pick. Um, we obviously, because it was a double game week, we're probably going to have to do a bit of a, a bit of a hybrid uh, ahead of 34. That does also mean I'm also going on holidays. So that works out quite nicely. Um, so I'm sure you'll hear from us at some point towards the end of next week, probably around Thursday ahead of game week 34, where uh, Andy, I'm sure we can finally put game week 33 to bed. And that would be nice, wouldn't it? We can start talking about the rest of the season. Um, it will be, and I'm sure listeners are looking forward to me complaining against our insipid about our insipid performance against Norwich, and then getting absolutely battered by Liverpool. Yeah, and you're really looking forward to that double game week then against Arsenal and Chelsea. I'm sure they'll be, I'm sure they'll be buzzing already for the for for, uh, for our for our next hybrid show. Uh, but Andy, until then, thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.